This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, well, well. Welcome back to the playoffs, Buccaneer fans. For a fourth consecutive season and a third straight division win and a home game for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the Bucs finish off at 9-8 with a 9-0 win at Carolina. Do not apologize for victories. Much less do not apologize for victories that clinch a playoff spot. Much less do not apologize for a victory that clinches a home game in the playoffs. It doesn't matter how, it just matters, did you? And by the way, we're going to have a lot of fun going over the historical perspective, going over this present season, a season where the Bucks outlive the expectation of an awful lot of people. Because I think even on the high end, many people believe Buccaneers probably going to be about a six-win team, maybe a seven-win team. And you got the nine wins, and you got in the playoffs. You're in the tournament where anything can happen. And a job well done by Todd Bowles, his staff, those players. Again, they do not list in the record book that the Buccaneers made the playoffs by beating the worst team in the NFL. There's no addendum there. It, It just says on the list under the NFL standings and the matchups, Buccaneers four seed playing the Philadelphia Eagles next Monday night. The Buccaneers will put a flag up, a sign up. They handed out hands, hats and shirts that say NFC South champions 2023. It doesn't say with an addendum down below, beat Carolina for two of the nine wins. It doesn't say down below, lost to the New Orleans Saints in the second to last game and had to win on the final week of the season. None of those addendums are there. It just matters Did you win? Did you win and get in? Would you rather be the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were 8-3, and who lost game after game after game down the stretch of the season, including the Buccaneers beating the Jaguars while they were in first place in the AFC South? Remember that a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Would you rather be the Jaguars, who, who scored 20 points, by the way, in Nashville against a bad Titans team that the Buccaneers also beat, by the way? Jacksonville scored 20 points on Sunday and lost in Nashville. Uh, Take the wins. Don't apologize for the wins. So thrilled. So thrilled for everybody involved because, again, salary cap strapped. The Bucs swallowed three bitter pills. Forget about just one. Three bitter pills with dead cap money this year. Didn't really have anything to go spend in free agency to go get a lot of people. Had to rebuild through the draft and development of the players on the roster. Go and get a gutsy quarterback by the name of Baker Mayfield. A cast off from the Carolina Panthers. I often say here on Nothing But Bucks, and thank you for finding us uh, here immediately after this regular season clinching win in Carolina, wherever you get podcasts, Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. We're here after each and every game. I give you my thoughts. I give you my commentary, my analysis from the sideline. You get the post-game interviews coming up. You'll hear the highlights from Gene and Dave coming up. But I've said on several occasions on this podcast, If not for the stupidity of others, sometimes you can't succeed. The stupidity of the Carolina Panthers, which has been on full display for the last two-plus years, to uh, have given up on Baker Mayfield, uh, and that sets into motion an awful season where they're now looking with the number one pick for a quarterback and end up drafting Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud for the Houston Texans, who, by the way, won the division and they're in the playoffs. 
if if all of that is not set into motion, in addition to giving away Christian McCaffrey in a trade, giving away DJ Moore, an outstanding receiver in a trade, their stupidity has been on parade. Firing a coach during the season each of the last two years in Carolina. But if not for that stupidity, giving up on him, giving up on a quarterback that had won in Cleveland and won a playoff game, who now comes to Tampa Bay and wins and wins and gets enough of those wins to get the Bucs in the playoffs and have a chance to win a playoff game. Sometimes you got to you got to rely on the stupidity of others. We'll take it and sweet redemption for him. Uh, after Carolina said with an interim coach and a disaster situation last year, no, nope, you know what? We're good. We don't need Baker Mayfield. Okay, the Buccaneers will take the for- former Heisman winner, the former number one overall pick. Again, playoff experience, big game experience, and the Bucs win big game after big game against Atlanta head-to-head on the road in the final minute with Baker Mayfield leading the drive. Baker Mayfield playing brilliantly. I know other people contributed, but just – Uh, Bear with me on the point. Baker Mayfield, brilliant in Green Bay. 300-yard pass day, touchdown passes all over the place. Two games you absolutely had to have, and he led you to win both of those. And he was tremendous again in in the game against Jacksonville at home. Were the last two weeks offensive masterpieces? Not at all. Was Baker Mayfield shaky? Is he injured and banged up? I'm not making excuses. He's got a busted rib cage, not a fracture. He's got a busted ankle that he's hobbling around on, but he's a gamer. Did he make a lot of great throws in either the Saints game or the Panthers game? No. But was the gut were the guts still there in the fourth quarter on scrambling for that third down? Was he making enough key throws when you had to have it to help you get field goals and extend the lead? This team did enough, and Baker Mayfield led this team, and it's a nine-win season. It writes as nine and eight NFC South champs take it. Take it. And we now know the Buccaneers will play the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the Philadelphia Eagles once again in the postseason. More on this in a little bit. But the Eagles do nothing down the stretch but lose and lose and lose and lose their way out of not only being the top seed in the NFC, but they don't even win the NFC East. And now we're on the road to play the Buccaneers in a rematch from earlier in the regular season, also on Monday Night Football. And we'll talk more about how damaged the Eagles are and to what extent. And you've now got that playoff game once again coming on Monday night, two years in a row, Monday night football playoff game off the weekend. So, uh, hey, savor this, Buccaneer fans. This is only the second time in the history of the franchise you've been in the playoffs four years in a row. 1999, 2000, 2001, and then the Super Bowl winning season of 2002. So savor being in the playoffs. Because there are a lot of teams that can't figure this out. Carolina's a classic example. But, I mean, there are others that are bumbling uh, constantly in the NFL and can't figure it out and can't consistently win. So take it. Savor it. Uh, Chicago Bears, by the way, come to mind uh, in the short term of bumbling around. Can't figure it out. Uh, Who else? Arizona Cardinals the last a couple of years, bumbling around, can't figure it out. Would you rather be in those kind of situations? Washington Commanders, I know they got in with a losing record in the 2020 season, let us not forget, and the Bucks won the game at FedEx Field, no crowd there in the pandemic crazy season. But they've now fired Ron Rivera. They can't, they can't figure it out. Um, again, take the playoffs. Take, take winning games that matter the most. Take being excited in late December and January. 
and now a home postseason game where just get into the tournament. I, I, I will say this uh, for this entire week leading up to the playoffs getting underway in FC and AFC. There are any number of, there are probably eight teams that can win the Super Bowl. And don't just think that San Francisco and Baltimore are going to be a lock because they're vulnerable too. Uh, the Ravens have bowed out in the playoffs a couple of times, one and done. Uh, San Francisco, uh, everybody wants to anoint them, and they are talented on both sides of the ball, but they have holes. Uh, they have lost games. They have lost. They lost to Baltimore late in the year, but they also had a three-game losing streak earlier in the season. I know they they clobbered the Cowboys. I know they went and clobbered the Eagles. Yes, they beat the Buccaneers, but they can be had. They can have a bad game and they can be had. And and seriously, when you start looking at Kansas City Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys, I mean, just start going down the list. Uh, Houston Texans, could they make a run? Detroit Lions, L.A. Rams, and throw the Buccaneers into this mix too. Who could who could win a playoff game or two and be in a conference championship game, much less win the Super Bowl? I, I think you can make the argument on and on for the Buffalo Bills. You can make an argument, uh, it, probably as well. Uh, for the, uh, I, I look at teams uh, right now like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can the Pittsburgh Steelers win four games in this postseason? I know people are looking at the Buccaneers right now the same way. Can the Bucs win four games in this postseason? Uh, it, it probably not them. Can the Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco? Does the magic continue here with him coming to the team midseason late? Speaking of the Browns and Baker Mayfield leading them to the playoffs in a win. Probably not going to win four games. L.A. Rams, probably not going to win four games. Green Bay Packers, probably not going to win four games. But are you telling me that the Rams, the Browns, the Packers, the Bucks, the Steelers can't win a couple of games? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This is what it's all about, the postseason. Uh, and we love it so. All right, so again, we are here to recap the Carolina game, the regular season finale, week 18, 17th game of the year. This is what now the third season that the uh, 17th game has come into play, and the Bucs uh, were in need of that 17th game uh, to go ahead and uh, and get into the playoffs. Uh, by the way, for the record, had everything uh, stopped after uh, 16 games, 17 weeks, the Bucs were the NFC South champs on the tiebreaker at 8-8 eight and eight, uh, last week. You still had to play on one more week, and that's why the Saints had life if the if the Bucks lost. Had this been a 16-game schedule, like for 40-plus years in the NFL, the Bucs were the NFC South champs. The win on Sunday was confirmation. But you were already, in a 16-game schedule, the division winner at 8-8 eight and eight, uh, last week. Now you confirm it with a ninth win to go 9-8, and 4-2 and two in the division, better conference record than the Saints. And by the way, while we're giving shout-outs here at the beginning of the podcast, I know Jason Light, the Bucks GM, gave a shout-out. Uh, Cameron Jordan, you and the New Orleans Saints, enjoy watching the playoffs for the third consecutive year. Enjoy watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the division winner, for the third consecutive year. Yeah, Cameron Jordan, who ran his mouth at the Pro Bowl about the Bucs, are headed back to the basement, uh, back to the drawing board. For the salary cap New Orleans Saints, they're strapped as well with all the big contracts they have. Again, they had a nice finish to the season. They won in Tampa Bay. They beat Atlanta. But, hey, get your popcorn. Have fun watching uh, while the Bucs play in the postseason. And let's see what damage we can do. We, we love the rivalry with the Saints. And right now, the, the Buccaneers have the upper hand in the rivalry. Why? Because we keep going to the postseason as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They keep watching on TV in New Orleans. Enjoy.
uh, for another year. All right, so let's get into this game with Carolina. As everybody knew, the Panthers, the worst team in the NFL. I've already documented all of this, uh, firing Frank Reich during the season. We saw them uh, in early December in what was an ugly game that day, raining, et cetera. The Bucs finally kicked it into gear after leading 6-3 to three at halftime, kicked it into gear and got some touchdowns in the second half and then played good enough defense to hang on. And, and look, uh, there are games that you're going to have to win where you outscore the opponent, like in Atlanta, like in Green Bay. And then there are games like this where you do enough offensively and the defense does the rest. Um, and, that, and that is what the case was here. Again, make no apologies, but these these are great comparisons. We just had the recent anniversary of the Buccaneer 3 nothing win in the rain over Kansas City, 1979, the first ever playoff berth, the worst of first Buccaneers. Doug Williams, Leroy Selman, Ricky Bell, those guys uh, scratched and clawed and fumbled and bumbled in the rain against uh, Kansas City, and one Neil O'Donohue field goal was good enough to get into the postseason, and you beat who? The Philadelphia Eagles in the postseason. Wait a minute. See if you sense a theme. That was a 3-0 win, 1979. Fast forward to 2002 and the Super Bowl-winning season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Final game of the year is in Champaign, Illinois, playing the Chicago Bears. That's because New Soldier Field was being renovated that season. So the Bears played in Champaign at the home of the University of Illinois. That night, regular season finale, 16th game, the Buccaneers trying to clinch the NFC South and host uh, get a bye and and uh, and host in the divisional round of the playoffs. And the Buccaneers win the final regular season game. How? With five Martin Gramatica field goals. Vamos, Martin. Five field goals in playing defense to beat the Bears 15 to nothing to close out the 0-2 season. Turn around, go into the playoffs and beat who? Beat the Philadelphia Eagles and close down Veteran Stadium, thank you, and eventually win the Super Bowl. Now... We come to this final game with Carolina, who, yes, they are bad, but you still have to find a way to win the game however it's necessary, and that's exactly what the Bucs did. So I'm going to tell you up front as we go to the highlights here uh, with Mean Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore on the call that uh, there are not a lot of highlights. There's, there's, you're going to hear some good ones, but there's not a lot of them on offense especially. There were some plays and some dramatic and crazy plays. This game began with a punt fest. The Bucs got the ball on the first possession, got a couple of first downs, had to punt. One thing we understood right away, when the Buccaneers were moving to the TV right, to the left of their bench across the field, into the south area of Bank of America Stadium in downtown Charlotte, the wind gusting, blowing 15, 20 miles an hour out of the south, a constant wind at times. It was just difficult to play, and I'm not making excuses for both teams, to kick the ball in it, to punt in it, to throw deep in it, there, I mean, it, it became a big factor. Sometimes the climate, the conditions, whether you're playing in snow, playing in rain, playing in the wind, those are all a factor in these outdoor games, and it was on Sunday. So the Bucks had a deep shot to Mike Evans early on in the game, and Baker Mayfield had it hang up. I'm not making excuses. It hung up in the wind just a little bit. He maybe he maybe slightly underthrew the ball as well, trying to throw it into the wind, couldn't throw it as far as he needed to. And the uh, Panther DB got in there with a hand to disrupt Mike and knock it away, or that might have been an early touchdown to set the Buccaneers up. But it just it became apparent uh, if you have the win, you're going to take some chances and throw the ball down the field. And if you don't, you're going to play conservative and wait until you do have the win. In the Buccaneers' 
uh, case in the second quarter and in the fourth quarter. All right, so let's get into the highlights here. And early on, the defense for both teams really would set the tone. But the Buccaneer defense is what we care about most on Nothing But Bucks, including the rookie, Yaya Diaby. Panthers need to reach the 47-yard line. Chuba Hubbard back in there. He's a sidecar on the left hip of quarterback Bryce Young. Shotgun look, trip receivers to the right. Young looking that way, looking that way under pressure. He will go down. He's sacked at the 34-yard line. Vita Vea got there and others. Diaby was Diaby. there as well. I think Diaby's the guy that's going to get credit for it. Yeah, 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 Diaby with six and a half sacks, and that leads the Buccaneers now, and that is the third most sacks by a rookie in franchise history. Not a lot from either team offensively in this first quarter, in this first half. Diaby gets that sack and pulls into the lead for the rookies with seven and a half sacks. Again, a, uh, a mid-round draft pick by the Buccaneers out of Louisville. Just once again, showing up in the second half of the season with that sack. There were five total punts to begin the game. Three by the Buccaneers, uh, two by the Panthers. Uh, remember that in the game in Tampa, it was a 6-3 game and a punt fest in that game. So you were kind of accustomed to this. So uh, finally, the Panthers are able to make a big play here as we go back to the highlights. This was right in front of me as DJ Chark, the wide receiver, got behind the defense. Bryce Young, the rookie quarterback out of Alabama, the, uh, the Heisman winner, uh, turns this loose. And as Gene and Dave called it, an amazing hustle play by one of the Buccaneers' best players. Bucks put pressure on Young. He's going to run out of the pocket, running to his left, throws the ball up in wide open receiver. It's Chark to the 10. Touchdown on the pylon. Panthers. Did he, did he fumble the ball going in? Yeah, they're going to have to look at this. He dives, and it looks like the ball comes out, but it might have been after he crossed the line. Well, just a moment ago during the commercial break, the best news we've heard in 2024 is the ruling on the field was reversed. It is not a Panther touchdown. The ball was stripped away by Antoine Winfield, rolled through the end zone, recovered by Jamel Dean as a touchback. So there's no points on the board, and the Bucks take over. Unreal. I saw this live to my left from about 15 yards away. I'm, I'm on about the 20, the 20 or the 15, and I thought live he may have knocked that ball out. I didn't have a great angle on where was the pylon. But I saw Antoine Winfield jump up immediately and point to the video board and say, I knocked it out. He was wagging his number one finger like, no, nope, that's not a touchdown. And he pointed to the video board and heads up by Jamel Dean to go recover the ball because that's the other key component. Not only is knock it out because another Panther could have fallen on the ball and that would have been a touchdown because the ball didn't roll out of the end zone. If it rolls out of the end zone, it's a touchback. But if it's still loose in the end zone and a Panther picked it up, it's a touchdown there at the goal line. They may they may have ruled that he fumbled it at the half-yard line and he can be the only guy that recovers the fumble, blah, blah, blah. But I believe that only applies in the final two minutes of the half or the final two minutes of the game. But Jamel Dean heads up to recover it. So New York reviews this automatically because it's a scoring play, initially ruled touchdown. It's obvious that at about the one-foot line, Chark's leaning the ball out, and Antoine Winfield, who did this to Desmond Renner of the Atlanta Falcons, the quarterback, earlier in the year in Tampa, does it again. He consciously races over and swats at the ball as it's reaching out. Chark didn't just fumble that ball. He had it knocked away by the best defensive player on this team and one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And I know a lot's being made about Antoine Winfield not making the Pro Bowl. I'll talk more about it a little later. But he's going to end up being an all-pro. He's going to end up being one of the two top safeties voted into the NFL. 
by the writers and by the media. He's going to get votes, and he should, for Defensive Player of the Year with his accomplishments. And that was an amazing play. The game is obviously different at 7-0 if Carolina scores, gets the extra point, and leads 7-0. But instead, the Buccaneers get the ball and now go on a little bit of a drive and finally move the ball some after that fumble and after that situation. You finally get some offense going. You finally get some scoring. It's an eight-play, 53-yard drive. We don't really have a highlight. Rashad White ran for 13 yards. Kate Otten catches a pass for 20 yards. It eventually leads to the first score of the game, as Gene called it right here on Sunday in Charlotte. Chase McLaughlin to try to give the Buccaneers a 3-0 lead. High snap, good spot by Carmada. The kick is airborne. It is long enough, and it is good. The Bucs lead 3-0, a hard-earned three with 4.13 to go in the half. It's a 36-yard field goal. What a weapon Chase McLaughlin has been. Incredible. He he gets signed by this team after being with six different teams prior to coming to Tampa Bay. Money kicker all year long. The only two misses the entire season were block kicks. They aren't exactly uh, ki- they aren't uh, technically kicks that he missed kicking him to the uprights. They're kicks that got blocked and never got out of the backfield. So McLaughlin makes it three nothing. The Buck defense again forces a punt. Uh, So Carolina now has had the ball a total of four times, three punts, and the Chark fumble. The Bucs can't get anything going, but with the field position here, this was big. Uh, The field position will be a big thing. With the win late in the second quarter, how about this? Carmada will punt to Smith-Marset, who waits at the 25-yard line. Another big punt. Backpedaling, backpedaling. He's going to bounce at the 10, bounces to the end zone. My goodness, that's a 74-yard putt by Jake Carmada. That matches his season longest. A 74-yard punt from Jake Carmada, who has been such a weapon. The Bucks' unsung weapons like Carmada with the punts and the long kickoffs, McLaughlin with the field goals. Give credit where it's due because that pinned Carolina in in a one-score, 3-0 game. And they're going into the wind and unable to do anything. And the Buccaneers end up not even really having to use timeouts because uh, on the on the first play, on the completion, Hubbard went out of bounds. On the second play, it's incomplete. So the Bucs have more than a minute left with their timeouts. Get the ball back after the punt. They are able to get a couple of first downs, one of them with Baker Mayfield on a third down, scrambling and getting yards. And then you finally move into scoring range. Uh, Rashad White catches a pass to give you a first down. You move into scoring range. You take your timeouts. Mayfield ends up uh, throwing incomplete on second down and then tried a, a long pass uh, down the right sideline incomplete. So now you're going to try a 57-yard field goal with the wind to increase the lead. And here you go. 47-yard line. The spot is down. The kick is airborne. It is long enough. It is long enough, and it is good! The Buccaneers score on the final play of the first half. McLaughlin is perfect from 57 yards away, and Tampa Bay leads 6 to nothing. Incredible, and that breaks the Buccaneer record, by the way. Seven field goals of 50 yards or more in the same season. Connor Barth previously had six field goals of 50 or more in 2012. Uh, in that season, uh, and McLaughlin does play in one more game, a 17th game than what Connor got to play in, but a 57-yarder that would have honestly been good from easily 62 yards and maybe longer because it hit the net uh, from how far he blasted that one with the wind. What a weapon, and this was going to be big. I talked to Coach Todd Bowles as the first half ended after that field goal, 
and said to him, uh, hey, how big a deal is this win going to be in the second half? And he said, yes, it is a factor. We're going to have it for the fourth quarter. And that kick was a perfect example of it. Just tighten up on defense and uh, protect protect your lead. And you lead 6-0 uh, at the half. Again, not an offensive masterpiece, but for a lot of this game, this is what it would be. It would be field position. It would be who could come up with the key plays. All right, so this was a moment early on in the third quarter as we go back to the highlights. Uh, where we tip the hat to one Chris Godwin on this play. Baker Mayfield, Godwin in motion, has one catch in the game. He's to the right edge, dropping back Mayfield, throws a hard shot, caught by Godwin, fights his way to the 22, maybe the 23-yard line. Good effort by Godwin after the catch, his second of the game. A game of 10, and that moves the sticks. You get off that 7-yard, 8-yard start spot. Godwin's catch there to help the Bucks get out of their own end does put him over 1,000 yards. He and Mike Evans, kudos to both of those guys for another season and the job that they have. I know we did have a lot of highlights here of Mike. He caught a couple of passes early on in the game, caught another pass in the fourth quarter for a, uh, for a first down uh, late in the game. Uh, they were trying to take him away with the double teams. We mentioned the deep shot where Baker had him uh, and could not quite get the ball to him into the wind in the first quarter of the game. Uh, but the Bucks did enough offensively throwing the ball to Godwin, to Otten, to Evans, to the backs out of the backfield to move it. So, uh, again, what weapons that the Buccaneers have under, under all of the different conditions. So give credit where it's due. Give credit here again to the Buccaneer pass rush. Panthers have the ball back late in the third quarter with the win. It is still a 6-0 game, and the Buccaneers bring the heat. Bryce Young awaits the snap in the shotgun. We send a blitzing safety, and Young bust out of the pie. He goes down. He's sacked to the 35-yard line. Antoine Winfield officially gets credit there for uh, that sack as he touches down uh, Bryce Young coming on the blitz. So that is now uh, a sixth quarterback sack on the year as well for Winfield with all of his other accolades, including the sixth force fumble uh, earlier uh, in the game and uh, all the different plays that he's made. He's leading the NFL in forced fumbles. He's got those sacks as a safety. He's got pass breakups. He's got over 10 pass breakups. Just a tremendous job by Winfield and by the defense. So the, the Panthers now are backed up uh, after that sack. And here's the immediate play after that sack. This is a 6-0 game. They had to go to a new kicker. Injury to Eddie Pinheiro, the former Gator kicker who had won a couple of games this year for Carolina with last-second field goals. Matthew Wright, a former UCF Central Florida kicker, is in here. Big moment right here, late third, with the Panthers with the wind at their back. That will make the field goal try by Wright a little longer, a 52-yard field goal attempt. The spot is down. The kick is airborne, brand new, off the practice squad. The kick is long enough, and it is no good. It is wide to the left. And the Buccaneers hang on to a 6-0 lead. Again, their kicker could not take advantage where Chase Elliott was money over and over again. Everything adds up. The game remains 6-0. We go into the fourth quarter, and the Bucs are basically playing field position and protect the lead. They go on a nine-play, 37-yard drive to begin the fourth quarter, burn about four minutes off the clock. McLaughlin bangs through yet another field goal from 39 yards out. So the game is now 9-0, and at that stage... You are sitting back going, okay, you're in great shape here because the uh, the Panthers are going to have to score twice against your defense into the win. Now, to uh, Carolina's credit, they did get a fourth down conversion 
uh, where Chuba Hubbard is able to run for two yards. Uh, they move the ball into Buck territory. They do get a touchdown, Blackshear on the touchdown run, but there was a flag right in front of me right away, and I believe that flag was right away for the Carolina player not being up on the line of scrimmage, which was the case. I was right there beside the line of scrimmage uh, as that play triggered at the 28-yard line. Um, and th- th- look, you, you can talk about lucky this, lucky that. It's an illegal play. It, it's as if it didn't happen. You're lined up incorrectly. It's not a judgment call. That's a call that's going to be made 10 times out of 10 and 50 times out of 50. They lined up incorrectly, uh, leaving an unprotected player with a, a ineligible number on the end of the line of scrimmage. And a lot's been made of that with the controversy of Kadarius Toney uh, in, in the offsides neutral zone. Uh, for Kansas City and uh, you know the whole thing with the Lions and who's an eligible receiver and who's not with reporting. All of these things matter. So the Panther touchdown, it's as if it doesn't happen because you're in an, Ill- you're in an illegal formation, period. It's the right call. The touchdown comes off the board. And most importantly, this was the very next play here with about six and a half minutes to go in the game. Good snap, chest high, pressure coming, ball stripped away, stripped away and recovered by the Buccaneers. Quarterback sack, JTS, JTS with a sack and a strip, and the Bucs recover those ball. JTS, Joe Tryon, Shoyenka the strip, Greg Gaines falls on the ball. Again, the Bucs got contributions all over the place. That sack fumble ends up basically sealing the deal at 9-0 with six minutes to go. As the Buck defense gets a second takeaway, and the Buccaneers are able to work the clock down, getting a couple of first downs, running the ball. Rashad White uh, running it, getting close to 1,000 yards. He would end up uh, just short of the 1,000 yards. Mayfield hit Chris Godwin on a 14-yard completion on third down. Rashad White got another six yards through the middle, got another three yards on third and two outside the two-minute warning with the Panthers burning their timeouts. And then that was it. Once he got the last first down, the clock could now be killed with three kneel downs and the Panthers out of timeouts. That's exactly what the Buccaneers did. Nine was enough. Nine, nothing final. Very interesting that the Buccaneers famously in the NFC title game in 1979 that we referenced, the 43rd anniversary of that game was late last week in January of 1980, where the L.A. Rams and a kicker by the name of Frank Corral came in and kicked three field goals and beat the John McKay Buccaneers with Leroy and Doug Williams and Kevin House and company. Uh, 9-0 on that day to go to the Super Bowl. Now fast forward 43 years later, it's Chase McLaughlin with three field goals and the Todd Bowles-led Buccaneers with Antoine Winfield, with Levante David, we didn't have a highlight of Levante, but he was everywhere. You're going to hear from him in the interviews here coming up in a few minutes. Levante with big tackle after big tackle came to play in this game. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Rashad White, the 2023 Buccaneers, 43 years later, win a 9-0 game to win the South and go to the playoffs. Let's hear it for a little symmetry. You got to love that. And however you can get in, just get in. And the Bucs have done Exactly that. So as I mentioned, when it was over on our Hooters postgame show on 98 Rock and Buccaneers Radio, the Buccaneers mobile app, we always go inside the locker room and we love bringing you this on nothing but Bucks in case you don't get a chance to hear it. Baker Mayfield, what a story. Again, the numbers were not fantastic. They were good enough for this team. You didn't need lots of offense like in Green Bay or in Atlanta, but Baker's uh, numbers ended at 20 of 32, 137 yards. 
decent quarterback rating. He also scrambled for a first down uh, late in this game as well. Uh, so here was Baker Mayfield's sweet redemption for him, being given up on by the Browns, being given up on by the Carolina Panthers, not re-signed by the L.A. Rams. And now he leads the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the playoffs. Let's hear from him and also veteran Levante David, who was everywhere on that field in Charlotte on Sunday. These are the conversations that I had immediately after the game was over. How did this team gut it out today when you had to have it? Can't say enough about the defense, to be honest with you. Uh, they played incredible. Antoine Winfield once again showing exactly who he is as a player. And just, we ran the ball we needed to. We didn't score enough points, but we found a way to win, and that's all that matters. What was the mentality, especially in the second half? The wind is a factor. You're up 6 nothing. What's the conversation and the mentality, especially when you got another field goal to push it to a two-score game? Control the clock. Lean on these guys up front. I just kept telling them, you guys are going to take over. We're going to lean on you. And they did just that. I mean, I don't know how many guys they had in the box, but we kept running the ball. A couple of defensive plays all the way back in the first half. Antoine Winfield, an incredible play to get the ball out again at the goal line. And then Joe Tryon Shoyenka gets the sack. Greg Gaines falls on the ball at midfield. Those are enormous plays in this game from the defense. Hey, unbelievable. I mean, not... Not the definition of complimentary football, but the defense stepped up so much today. And so, uh, huge plays for Winnie to do it again. Uh, I mean, we see it every week. We don't take it for granted, so it's just special. Again, for you personally, I know you don't talk a lot about this, but this is quite a redemption to come here to Tampa Bay and in your first year lead this team to the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know what? We have a special group. and. Just trusted them, they trusted me, and we've all bought in. And now we're in the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. Baker, congratulations. This is well-deserved. Thank, Thank you. you. Again, we will keep it right here inside the Buccaneer locker room as the Bucs have clinched the NFC South with a 9-0 shutout, the first shutout since 2010. I'm standing here near Levante David, and the defensive players are going to do the same thing, which is all mug and put on the NFC South shirts and hats and take a photo and then I'm going to try to stick a microphone in with number 54 who was everywhere in this game today as they are able to get the job done again the Buccaneer defense slammed the door a couple of times late in this game to get the victory hard fought as it was redemption after not winning it at home last week and Levante David does stand right here with me immediately after it's over. What a performance by this defense. How did you guys preserve a 9-0 win to clinch the playoffs? Uh, just a four-quarter football game. Uh, you know, we, uh, we gave us some plays, though. But, uh, you know, Tweez made a, a real huge play down there when uh, he knocked the ball out for the touchback, too. He got two this season. And then, uh, you know, uh, we got a fortunate call with the legal procedure on offense. So, uh, but we still was able to uh, get ready to play four quarters, man. We know what the game was going to take. Every time you play a division opponent, it always counts two games, man. You know, if you're physical, physical football game is all about executing. I know at 6 nothing and then at 9 nothing, there had to be conversations about the defense sealing it. What, what if anything, was being said? Sideline, huddle about sealing it. Yeah, all the time, man. You know, uh, we got to get a takeaway. We always talk about getting a takeaway. You got to take the ball away. And, uh, you know, they were driving on us, and it was the perfect moment to get a takeaway. And Joe Tryon came with a, with a huge face to get our offense the ball back. And, uh, you know, uh, you know the offense, you know, they, they didn't play the best today. At the end of the game, they put it away for us.
how do a couple of these things sound? This franchise never had three division wins in a row. How's that sound? That sounds amazing, man. Never had a haven't had a shutout since 2010. Got a shutout. How does that sound? That's amazing, man. It's amazing, man. and I'm glad to be a part of it. How do the playoffs sound for next weekend? Feels great, baby. Feels great. Uh, I don't know what four years in a row. Four Absolutely. Years row. Four years in a row, man. It's gonna be uh, a battle. We know what comes with it, and uh, these one game teams is gonna be very important for us. So. Uh, we're going to get healthy, get back to the drawing board, and uh, take on whoever we got to play. Levante, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. A 9 nothing victory, an NFC South title, as I was describing there in that locker room. They were putting the shirts on, the red shirts that say it's locked, NFC South champs, with the hats. I was proud to wear that hat leaving Bank of America Stadium because you're in the playoffs. I, I say again, folks, don't apologize for being in the playoffs. The Buccaneers are the only team in the NFC out of 16 teams to make the playoffs four years in a row. Not the big bad 49ers, not the Cowboys, not the Eagles, not the Lions, not the Packers, not the Rams, not anybody else. The Buccaneers, not even Cam Jordan in the New Orleans Saints. Cam hasn't seen the postseason since the Bucs ended Drew Brees' career in 2020. Did we mention that already on Nothing But Bucks? Drew Brees' final game with Cam Jordan trying to help trying to help, uh, is a loss to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl season. Uh, Saints haven't been in the playoffs since. Buccaneers in the playoffs four consecutive years. Sweet victory for that. All right, let's go back uh, to more of the conversations and hear from both Yaya Diaby. What a rookie defensive pass rusher he is as the outside linebacker uh, edge rusher. He and Antoine Winfield, who, again, I'm advocating, give that man some defensive player of the year consideration. He is the best player. It's You can make the argument Antoine Winfield's the best player on the Buccaneers. He's the best player on the defense, statistically and otherwise, with making plays in the backfield and making plays 30 or 40 yards down the field, sacks, uh, interceptions, pass breakups. Love that man. So let's hear from Yaya Diaby and Antoine Winfield uh, as part of our Hooters postgame show here from Buccaneers Radio. How and why did this team finish it off with a shutout win? And just like I said um, earlier this week, I was like, man, we got to come in here with a mindset of we got to handle business and get a win and go back, you know. But I feel like this team came together today and we played, played together and played for each other. Uh, you were able to get a sack in the first half. You got some pressure on Bryce Young. How big a factor was that in helping with the shutout to get some pressure on him when they were trying to throw it? Yeah, exactly. like I said this weekend, I was like, um, that's somebody we had to keep in the, in the pocket and get pressure on them. That's the only way they offense wouldn't work because if we shut down the run, you know, that's what we do. And, you know, we had to, to keep them in the pocket. A lot of big plays, but Antoine Winfield Jr. running down to the goal line and knocking that ball out. You're shaking your head in a good way at me. What an unreal play. They all add up, and that was a huge I tell you, man, best safety in the league, man. I, he just he just don't get the recognition, man, and I hate it, man. But He's going to get it now. Man, that man is the best in the league, man. I love playing, I love playing with him, man. And I just hope to keep playing with him years to come. All right, and one more. You're in the playoffs and you're at home. How good a feeling is that to have earned this today? Man, I'm so excited, man, um, for me and my fellow rookies and, and the whole team. And, and we just got more work to do, man. It's just not, it's not the end. You have the rookie sack league as well, as well at seven and a half sacks going into the late games. Congratulations. Great playing all year. We'll see you in the playoffs. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
You know, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some. But um, you know, we came out today and we had that mindset that we have to win. It's 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 winter, go home. <laughs> it's winter. <laughs> It's win or go home, and um, that was the mindset that everybody had, and, and we displayed that to them. Antoine, we're live here on Buccaneers Radio. We joined you late. Can you talk about the play in the first half, down at the goal line, and getting the ball out from DJ Chark again? Yeah, um, I was put in a similar situation um, this season, and I knew he was going to try to reach for the ball. And as soon as he reached, I just punched the ball out and made the play. Why are you so good instinctively around the ball, either to knock it out, fall on it? What is that film study? Is it extra effort? What is it? It's a little bit of both. Um, you know, there's... <laughs> Uh, film study and also working hard, um, doing it in practice. You do it in practice, you do it in the game. And I'm always analyzing where the ball is. And, and you know, when an opportunity presents itself, you know, you got to make the most of it. For this team, off a tough week last week, to come up here and gut one out, what does it say for the, for the makeup of this team to earn a division title in a home playoff game today? Yeah, we knew what type of game it was going to be. Um, I feel like the fellas came out uh, with energy and we just, you know, executed uh, to, you know, get this win. Love these conversations. And Antoine Winfield Jr., the son of a tremendous uh, Pro Bowl playing father, uh, living up to that name and making his own name right now with what he's been able to do, and he's going to get paid. You know you know, this is the case with what Winfield has been able to do. Incredible season for him, and the season marches on into the postseason. One more conversation, and that is with the happy head coach. Congratulations to Todd Bowles, who becomes – the first ever uh, Buccaneer coach to make the playoffs in each of his first two seasons. Remember, after John Gruden's Super Bowl winning first season, the Bucs didn't make the playoffs the next year. Bruce Arians didn't make the playoffs his first year as the Bucs coach. Uh, obviously, you know, there's not been a lot of playoff uh, appearances. Tony Dungy didn't make the playoffs his first year, did so in 97. And it took John McKay and the worst of first Bucks three years before they got into the playoffs in the 79 season and the fourth season of the franchise. So Todd Bowles is the first ever Buccaneers head coach to take a team to the playoffs in each of his first two years. Here he was in Charlotte Sunday late afternoon after securing a 9-0 win to go to the postseason. There is Yaya Diaby, and we will keep it right here because I'm told head coach Todd Bowles is also now available to us after talking with the media in this one. So, again, a couple of more notes. Rashad White did finish unofficially eight yards below 1,000, but still made a lot of big plays uh, in this uh, game, including late in the game, to help grind the clock, get the first downs, and get the win. And the Buccaneers are able to get that win, and they finish plus two as well in the turnovers. The turnovers, a big difference as well in this game. And the happy head coach is here with us. Congratulations on winning the division for the third consecutive year, a 9 nothing win. Your thoughts immediately after this is over on how you did it and you're back in the playoffs. It was gritty and gutsy like every one of the wins we had this year. Uh, the guys fought hard when the offense was struggling early. The defense picked them up. Offense did great in the four-minute offense to run the clock out with five and a half something minutes to go. It was a great team win. Take me uh, to your mentality. 6 nothing, then 9 nothing. The wind is a factor. It's a low-scoring game. Did you really feel like, especially when you pushed it beyond 9 nothing, that you were in really good shape as low scoring, win, field conditions, those kind of things? We knew we were going to have to play four quarters no matter what. And if we got a lead defensively, we didn't want to relinquish it. Offensively, we just wanted to take care of the football, make sure we can keep putting points on the board. We got one more than they got, and we won the division. Let's go all the way back to the first half. This play is going to loom huge. Antoine Winfield Jr. does not give up on the long pass to DJ Chark. And once again, around the goal line, knocks the ball out. It's about the third time he's done that. 
this year. Jamel Dean is heads up to get on the ball. Again, it's a first-half play, but can you stress enough about how important that turns out to be? Oh, it was everything for us. Unbelievable momentum, unbelievable because they would have took the lead, and unbelievable play by him. He's been doing it all year. Uh, he's one of our bell cows on defense, and he makes big plays all the time. We mentioned the wind, uh, but Chase McLaughlin, my goodness, 57 yards right at the end of the first half. He bangs home another field goal in the third quarter. It's one of the unsung parts of this team, key field goals all throughout the year. Can you say enough about the job he did and, uh, and what he was able to provide as a weapon, especially today? He was the difference in the game, as it turns out. He was huge. He was huge for us all year. He hardly missed any. And to have a guy when you cross midfield to know that can make those long kicks accurately give you a lot of comfort knowing you can put points on the board. Again, for this team to have gutted it out, I think it goes without saying you're proud. How proud are you of the effort to come up here, get the win, and earn a home game now in the playoffs? Extremely happy, extremely proud, never satisfied. We got a home game to win next week, but I'm very proud the way these guys are fighting. Very happy that they're going to where they're going, and we'll get ready to see who we're playing. Yeah, Take me to that because now we know that it's an NFC East team. It's either the Cowboys or the Eagles, depending on what happens. Take me through the next day or two because you may be playing as soon as Saturday, depending on what the NFL decides to do and when you're playing. What's this going to be like tonight, tomorrow, et cetera, trying to figure all that out? Well, we're going to wait on alert and see when they have us playing. That'll, that'll present the schedule for the week. But we'll be looking with eager eyes. Either way, it's going to be a tough football team coming in there, but we'll be a tough fo- football team as well. So we'll be eagerly waiting to see what we play and win. A couple more things before I let you go. How about the first shutout since 2010 for this team today? We mentioned this is uh, three straight division wins. It's only the second time ever that the Buccaneers have had four consecutive playoff seasons I see the smile on your face it's not everything but you have got you have gotten now to the playoffs yet again coach oh that's a huge I mean that's big it's to win the NFC South for all the flack that the guys took and the coaches took and the fans took even for this year how we weren't going to be anything for us to come out and win a division title when nobody's counting us to win it's extra special Give that man a lot of credit. His team played hard. His team played well down the stretch of the season. There were a lot of people that were trying to be I told you so's when the Buccaneers lost six of the seven games that they lost. But I kept pointing out, I mean, you're losing to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Detroit Lions, the San Francisco 49ers. Stop me when you don't hear a playoff team. The Houston Texans. These are the teams that you were losing to. And even losing to Atlanta at home, they were still in playoff contention with a 500 record. Uh, all the way to the very end of the season. It's not as if you were losing to the worst teams uh, on your schedule. And the Bucs had already won in Minnesota, had already won in New Orleans, had locked up a couple of big wins. And this team still believed and then went and won in Atlanta with the Falcons in the playoff hunt. Huge game, as it turns out, in the division race. Win in Green Bay, huge again for the playoff picture, for trying to win the division. Win those two games back-to-back on the road in December. And then come back home with a Jaguar team that, yes, they had begun to flounder, but you also put nails in their coffin, beating them while they had a winning record and and helped knock them out of the playoffs. This team deserves a lot of credit for how hard and how well they played down the stretch. And now you get one more opportunity, one and only one. It's one or you're done from here on out for everybody. But the Bucs are one of the 14 teams still left playing on the wild card weekend and into the next weekend if they win. 14 teams advanced. 18 teams say goodbye, and we'll be watching 
Uh, so now it's the Philadelphia Eagles, a rematch of a game that Philadelphia that Philly won uh, back on Monday Night Football in Week Three. But this is, I mean, folks, this is not the same Eagles team. They are damaged goods. That's the phrase I will use. Uh, Jalen Hurts is beat up with an injured knee. He hurt his finger in the game at New York as New York figuratively gave the finger, the Giants, to the Eagles on the final day of the season. And by the way, for any spin that's out there, and I, I have so many Eagle honks that are around me that apologize for the Eagles and Eagle media members, they lost five of their last six games. They blew the number one seed. They blew the division in a home game because they lost to a second-string quarterback, Drew Locke, in Seattle with Geno smith hurt because they lost to a bad Arizona team, and they are bad. Despite leading by two touchdowns in the second half, they lost the game two weekends ago. And then they still have things to play for if Dallas were to have lost. And in the first half, Dallas is nip and tuck with Washington. Philadelphia's playing all their starters, and the Giants are up 17-0. They're up 3-0, 10-0, 17-0. The Eagles are damaged goods. A.J. Brown also suffered a knee injury in the game, had to go to the locker room, did not return, don't know the extent of that injury. That's their best receiver. Their defense has been scored upon and scored upon. This is uh, this is not the same Eagle team from earlier in the year, and it's not the same Buccaneer team. You're banged up, too, if you're the Bucs, but the Bucs playing much better football down the stretch of the season, and now we got to wait all the way until Monday night for the second year in a row, the Buccaneers on the wild card weekend or the Monday night game, a loss last year to Dallas. Now let's see what happens uh, in this matchup with Philadelphia. And I've already touched on this on nothing but Bucks. You have great playoff memories. That 79 year you beat Ron Jaworski and the Eagles in old Tampa stadium for the first ever playoff win. Rondé Barber closing down the vet, uh, Mike Allstott, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, uh, what can you say? Brad Johnson, the bull at quarterback, that team beats the Eagles. By the way, two years ago in the playoffs with Tom Brady and company, you led the Eagles 31-0 in the fourth quarter. So you have a lot of good playoff mojo against Philadelphia right now working, and that's the game coming Monday night. We'll be on the air at 7 on Buccaneers Radio with the pregame coverage, the kickoff just after 8.15 uh, Eastern time on Monday night. Looking forward to everything that is going to unfold uh, with the wild card weekend again in the NFC, the 49ers are the number one seed. The Cowboys end up being the number two seed uh, in this scenario, and they will play the Green Bay Packers. The uh, Detroit Lions are the three seed playing the Rams. So Cowboys Packers Sunday afternoon, 430 Eastern time Rams at the Lions on Sunday night. And I'm just going to tell you, they're going to be upsets all over the place. And uh, we're looking for, and by the way, the Eagles are favored early in the week by the Vegas odds makers. So they're considering the Buccaneers, the underdog and an upset. Are you kidding me? We'll take the Buccaneer outright win at home, but wa watch for the upsets. W watch for like Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I don't know that Miami can go to Kansas city and win the Taylor Swift effect. The fact that it's going to be single digit temperature in KC for Saturday night for that game after the dolphins lost Sunday night to the bills. When you look at the AFC playoff picture, though, there's going to be an upset or two. You you know that it's coming. It's going to be fascinating where the road teams get wins, where the lesser team gets a win. Let's see what happens with the playoff. I again say to you, I think that you can make the case for about seven or eight teams that could win the Super Bowl. And the Bucs are part of the mix, and that is all that matters for Monday night uh, with the Eagles. 
How banged up is Jalen Hurts? How banged up is A.J. Brown? Can the Bucs get Baker Mayfield healthier with the ribs and the ankle? He's a gamer. Uh, hopefully you don't have those windy conditions like you had in Carolina where you can make the deep throws. That'll be the same for both teams. The Buccaneer defense looking to bring the wood. That's the first shutout since 2010. Raheem Morris's defense that still had Rondé Barber on it, that had Gerald McCoy uh, on it. Levante David not yet on that team. Uh, but the, the Buccaneer defense shut out the San Francisco 49ers in 2010. You move forward now 14 seasons, 13 years, and the Bucs get a shutout 9-0 over the Panthers to clinch it. You love that. Can that defense tighten up? Yaya Diaby, Shaq Barrett, JTS, Levante David in the middle, Antoine Winfield. Go get the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the Eagles won earlier in the year, but that game doesn't matter right now. It's not going to help Philadelphia one bit. Because they are damaged psychologically, despite what they want to say with all the losing. The Cowboys beating them late in the year as well. Um, they lost five of their last six games. The Buccaneers won five of their last six games. We ride with the pewter and red. Let's be there. Let's be loud. Let's be crazy for this matchup at Raymond James Stadium on Monday night. Savor it, Buccaneer fans. You're in. It's a home game. Take advantage of it. Again, we'll be on the air with all of our coverage. The local coverage on 98 Rock uh, will begin at 5.30, 5.30 p.m. on 98 Rock. We will be on with everything happening at 7 Eastern time on the network, the Buccaneers mobile app. The Buccaneer Affiliates, SiriusXM, the NFL Plus mobile app. Wherever you can hear the game, we are on at 7 Eastern time with the pregame coverage. Gene and Dave will call the game just after 8 Eastern time and then look out on what can happen next. It's the final playoff game of the wild card weekend of all the playoff games that will unfold. Six of them being played. The final one is Bucks eagles on monday night and we look forward to it and we look forward to whatever happens being back with you again on nothing but bucks and i'm not even going to say it's the last time i don't know when it's going to be the last time but i have a good feeling about monday that we're playing on and somewhere on the road for uh the second weekend of the playoffs and, and by the way we should explain this before i depart real quick yes san francisco is the one seed the buccaneers are the four seed playing the five seed but it is not a true bracket where the winner of the four or five game plays the number one seed no matter what. That is to say, if the Packers win as the seven or the Rams win as the six, that team this weekend, that team would go to San Francisco instead of the Buccaneer Eagle winner. So it's not guaranteed that you're even going to play the 49ers in the second week should you win. Let's see what happens. You're in the tournament. You're in the field. That's all that matters, Buccaneer fans. And we're thrilled. A 9 nothing win to clinch the South gets you the home playoff game. We look forward to bringing it to you on Monday. Have a great week. Get some rest. Get amped up. Get ready for Monday night. Get ready to punch the Eagles right in the snout in the playoffs again, again, if you can get this on Monday evening. Love it. Uh, my thanks to Jason Berenger for his help with the audio. John Mamola and everybody at iHeartRadio. Uh, many thanks also. Our director of broadcasting is Jeff Ryan. Ronnie Night Train Lane and Pat Donovan do a great job with our pre- and post-game coverage. Gene and Dave, you heard calling the game. We can't wait. We can't wait for Monday night. Buccaneers and Eagles in the NFC Wild Card Weekend. We're on the air at 7 on 98 Rock, the Buccaneer radio stations, the Buccaneer mobile app, Sirius XM, everywhere you can get it. Kick off just after 8.15 p.m. For the rematch here and the chance to move on to the divisional round of the playoff with the Bucks at home. Let's go Bucks. Let's rock on. And we'll be back 
when it is all over with to talk more in the confidence mode i'm going to say with who the buccaneers meet and will be playing in the divisional round of the playoffs that's coming on the next edition of nothing but bucks for now we are good i am merely tj reeves it's playoff time tampa bay and buccaneer fans and you've been listening to nothing but bucks